When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast, the first ahead of the 2023-24 season. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm delighted to say I'm joined by the Daily Records Andy Newport and the Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott. Guys, are you all set for a new season? Yep, can't wait Gav. Fed up. Ready and ready. Fed up with these friendlies, I've seen enough of them already. Okay, well... Let's, that's a good place to start, Scott. You were over in Germany at the weekend. Yep. Uh, two old draw, come back from two down. Your thoughts on that game and just generally looking ahead, days away now from the opener at Rugby Park. How do you think Rangers fans should be feeling? Um, a bit uncertain. Probably trying to be optimistic, but not really knowing um, not really knowing how things will, will go. I think that's natural when you've got um, what is it, eight new signings, nine once Fuentes arrives in Glasgow. So I think they are getting into the unknown a wee bit. Uh, in terms of the game on Saturday, I mean, I thought it was a really poor first half. Rangers, I mean, conditions weren't great. I mean, it was really hot and humid. The pitch was really dry. Michael Beale spoke about that after it. But defensively, Rangers were all over the place now. There's mitigating factors, we all know now there was a kind of sickness bug going through the going through the camp that ruled out John Souter and Ben Davies, who would have obviously uh, had a big part to play at the back. So it was a kind of makeshift central defence of Leon Balligan and the young boy John Lee Yefeko. But to be honest, the trouble wasn't coming for there. It was coming for both fullbacks who had a really poor half. Tavernier and uh, Ridvan Yilmaz were exposed really badly. I mean, Tavernier in particular, I mean, listen, it's it's pre-season, so you get a bit of a pass, but his concentration levels and stuff was really, really bad in the first half. Um, and as I say, Yilmaz wasn't much better. So 2-0 down at half-time, you kind of feared the worst. Certainly wasn't the performance that Michael Beale was looking for or he had asked for before the game. But to their credit, second half looked a lot stronger. Tavernier get better, obviously scores a penalty and then sets up the equaliser for Lammers, who was the kind of shining light for Rangers throughout the, the 90 minutes. Um, and to be honest, probably has been the whole of pre-season and all the friendly games. Um, he's no quick Lammers, but he's got a terrific touch. No really good awareness of what's around him. No, he's got an ability to find space. No, he's not a natural centre forward. We've spoken about that before. Um, but I think he's going to be really creative for Rangers. And with the goal, he showed another side basically arriving late in the box and producing a great header uh, to get them to each. And in the, in the end, they could have won it. I mean, Robbie Matondo had a brilliant chance right at the end that the keeper keeper saved. So Bill would have been pleased with the reaction at half time. 
he'll know obviously defensively they were short of bodies and that that was definitely a factor in the, the first half performance. But in terms of getting into the new season, I think we'll just be desperate to get down to business now and and, and play for real. I mean, Kelly away Saturday night, Rugby Park will be packed. No, the away section will be will be full. Celtic, let's be honest, will have probably have won in the afternoon. No, you'd, ima- you'd imagine they'll beat Ross County pretty comfortably at home on their kind of flag day. So, as ridiculous as it sounds, the, pre- the pressure will be on before Rangers have even have even kicked a ball. Um, are they ready? I don't think a hundred percent. I think Michael Beale admitted that on Saturday. He said there'll be there's going to be teething problems. They're not quite there yet. There's still a bit of movement in and out to happen, but he knows that. You no, know, it's it's unforgiving. He knows the way it is in Glasgow, and listen, he knows they need to go to Kilmarnock and win, no matter what. Andy, we did a piece on the record the sport website yesterday. You talked about a few issues that might be going through Michael Beale's head. I think with half a dozen um, things he's maybe learned in pre-season. Obviously, the talking now stops, and one of them was. Uh, Touches on what Scott um, mentioned there. Sam Lammers, the brightest spark of pre-season. But has that perhaps had an impact on Todd Cantwell, who last season was the guy a lot of people were pinning their hopes on, but has maybe had a bit of a positional change as a result of Lammers um, and maybe not as influential? Or is that unfair? Or have you noticed that? He's certainly been playing deeper at times than he did last year. He was more advanced midfield role, and I think that's where he... Enjoyed getting into those sort of pockets of space and picking passes and, and getting into the box, whereas you know he's maybe had to do a bit more of the sort of dog work um, so far in pre-season. Um, it's, it's hard. To, I mean, I agree with Scott. It's hard to to get a grab, a grab, a grasp, a grasp on where Rangers are right now because you know the, there's you know the, these pre-season games, there's guys sort of playing out of position. You're you're just trying to get, you know get leg the minutes into legs. You're not really playing what you say is your strongest 11 at the, uh, most of the time so it's hard to know where he's going to fit in and well, you know, he's obviously changed formation a few times as well so um, it's, for me yeah Lammers does definitely look the brightest of the new the guys that have come in and you know, you're sort of looking at Seema and you're, going, you're not entirely sure if he's on certainly in current form is, is really uh, the answer you're, you're hearing Dills kind of just went about his business quietly without really you know, standing out, we've still to see Dujon Sterling, um, you know, Dessers, I mean, I only saw the highlights of the game at the weekend, you saw a wee bit more of him, but it certainly looks like he's, he needs a bit more fitness work to come into, uh, Danilo, it's too early to judge him yet, so, it's just, uh, I totally agree with Scott, it's just one of these ones you're, you're sort of, I think we'll have a far better idea of where Rangers are going to go this season after the 90 minutes of Kilmarnock, if they come out and they, they dominate that, they play with a tempo and, you know, they get a, a positive result, I think optimism will start to rise. But if it's, say if it's a performance like they put in under Giovanni Bronkers at Livingston opening day last season where they sort of went through the motions a wee bit before sort of scraping to a win, I, I think that would be the, the sort of warning signs again there that, you know, that perhaps um, the team hasn't got everything it needs to sort of chase down a Celtic team that are still, you know, as much as they've had a, a few you know, guys coming in this season, they've still got all the, the main players from last year's title ones. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think we'll have a, we'll be in a better position after Saturday to, to make judgments on this team. I, I wouldn't worry too much about Cantwell, Gav. I think 
you're right, it has been shifted about in pre-season, probably to accommodate others and for Bill to try certain things. Bill, Bill tried a flat midfield four on Saturday, but I'm not quite sure what the reason for that was, but he tried it and it didn't really work in the first half. Cantwell was kind of stuck to the left wing, Seema was stuck to the right wing. You could see Cantwell getting frustrated midway through the first half and he started coming in field and trying to affect the game. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know what Andy thinks, but I, I, when he gets, when Bill gets his first choice starting 11, I think you'll see a lot of that kind of system that he used last year where it was like a 4-2, and then this kind of box, you no, know, with 2 and 2 again. And the way it's looking at the moment is that Cantwell and Lammers would be would be in that two behind behind the front two, which you know you would need to think will be Dessers and and Danilo once once they get once they get up and running. The other thing I think about Cantwell, and I might be totally wrong, I don't know why, but he does strike me as a guy that pre-season probably doesn't really do it for him. And when it when it gets down to the real, you know, the real stuff. Um, I think you'll see different a different performance for Did you see his Instagram post with the wee 50, the subtle fifty six on it? No, no, no. He posted a picture on Instagram. And it was uh, a picture of him getting uh, instructions from Michael Beale uh, with "Let's fight for everything." But just under his short, uh, under his shorts, he put a uh, wee number fifty six. There's a nod to the title number 56, and I see a lot of fans kind of talk about Andy, I mean, do you like that kind of confidence? Do you admire that kind of confidence? Or do you think it's too much and there's, there's too much talking from him? Because he's certainly a guy who's not, you know, he's certainly not scared to see what he thinks. So. It's always one of these things that if you're going to do that sort of thing, then you need to go and back it up. So yeah. he's, he's putting the challenge on himself. He's putting the pressure on himself. And that's fine. You know, maybe what Scott's right here. Maybe he's somebody who needs those, um, you know, that competitive yeah. feeling to get his juices flowing. So, you know, <laughs> listen, uh, if it doesn't work off, you know, he'll be the one looking silly. So, it's, you know, maybe this, is, maybe this is his way of getting himself up for the season. Yeah. We'll wait to see. I mean, one of the other things then we'd mentioned, Scott, uh, well, you touched on the fullbacks uh, in the Hoffenheim game. The day after the Newcastle game, we spoke uh, about the left-back position specifically and we were talking about Michael Beale having a dilemma. I did say, to be fair, is there even a, is there even a debate over it anymore? Because Yilmaz just seems to offer so much in this small you know, glimpses that we get to see of him ahead of Barisic. You did say, why would Michael be off starting Barisic against Newcastle? And then Yilmaz goes and produces a performance like he did against Hoffenheim and suddenly you think, God, you couldn't throw him in against Kilmarnock, so I'm totally backtracking now. <laughs> Listen, I'm the same in terms of, I, I honestly do not know who Michael Beale will start at left-back on Saturday because I've said before, I think Barisic, with a year left in his contract, his time's probably up and you know, if I was Michael Beale, I'd probably be trying to move him on this summer. And Yilmaz, you thought, was a kind of ready-made replacement. And this guy came in for Know, four million or whatever it was, Turkish international, and and the weekend of cameos. No, he did look the part, a totally different player from Barisic, but he looked as if he would give something or something a bit a bit different. And so he was given a big chance on Saturday. Now again, you need to look at the circumstances. He's in there with a kind of back, a kind of makeshift back four. He's obviously got a young boy, Yefeko, next to him. And that's not a slight on Yefeko, who, who, who was okay in the, the first 45 minutes. 
but it's not a settled backline, and I think Yilmaz has probably suffered a wee bit for that. But he, but he was poor. I mean, he, he wasn't strong enough. He wasn't aware enough. He must have got caught at least three times on his blind side with uh, Hoffenheim's kind of right right winger or right fullback getting in behind him. You know, it was a poor performance. I think technically he's a very good. You know, he's very good on the ball and stuff. I don't think he's as good a crosser as Barisic. Um, but he does give you something a bit different. And I've said on here, I probably think he'd more suited to play in the back three when he can he can move up one as a as a wing back. But I genuinely don't know. I mean, people I've heard people online saying Dujon Sterling might end up oh, yeah. playing at left back. But I mean, listen, he's only played ten minutes of football coming back for injury, and I know he's played there before and he can fill in. But I mean, he's a right footer. I mean, do you really want to be? You've got two international left backs in the squad. You're really going to you know, deploy a, a right-footed guy who's just come in. I think that would upset the balance of the, the whole balance of the, of the team. So, especially, especially when the fact you know if they're playing this sort of box midfield, then all the wood's got to come for the fullback. So, so you've got you know that put such an onus on the fullback getting forward and you know giving that option out wide. So yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, I think. Yeah, because if if Sterling if Sterling plays there and he's constantly having to come in, he's right. He's just turning into traffic every time. I mean, as you say, Andy, all the space is out wide, so you need a Barisic or a Yilmaz. And probably with that space, Yilmaz would be more more suited to it, I think. But he's got to improve defensively and in terms of his, his awareness. But I think if Bill if he's not going to sign on our left back, he obviously has to decide yeah. and he has to stick to somebody. I mean, that's what I was going to say, Andy. Is that, is that not a slight concern? There's been so much change. And I know there's still time in the transfer window, so, I mean, we can't really judge until it closes. But And we spoke about this around about the time of the Newcastle game, but Barisic and, and Lundstrom in particular are just two players where as soon as they come on now, or as soon as fans see their name on the team sheet, it's just a... You know, it's a sigh and it's and heads drop. I mean, if there's been know, loads of loads of players down the years that have had that. You think, you know, like a Charlie Adam and you know Peter Lovingstone's had that for a spell. You mm-hmm. know, so many players that you know once the sort of crowd make their mind up with them, it's it's kind of mm-hmm. difficult to win them back over. Yeah, um, I just think you know, as I say, I mean, yeah, I don't think we've probably we've probably seen. What Michael Beale's got is I'm not sure Michael Beale even knows yet what his strongest loving is because he's just not been able to get them all out there and and see them how they they fit together how they gel together. Um, that's why I said I just think you know this Saturday is going to be so interesting to see first of all what team he does put out and just see you know because you know Scott's right in terms of the game in Hoffenheim there's been a sickness bug you know after the Olympiacos game where Rangers were really off the pace that that night. You know, they made a big point of saying, "Oh, well, they'd had double sessions the day before. They were tired. There was a bit of that." You know, going into the Newcastle game as well. They've obviously been working really hard through pre-season, making sure their fitness levels up. But when they've gone into the games, that's had an effect on performance levels. Well, you know, they should be tapering off this week. They should be going into this game, you know, with legs fresh, fully fit. And if they don't come out the blocks firing, I, th- I think that'll be concerning to a lot of fans. Going well, you know. What really is the balance yet? And obviously, it depends. Does Covente, does, does he come in this week? Does he come into the team? He's obviously he's been playing all season with, with LA. He should be he should be fit. Um, 
Yeah, it's just a, a lot of unanswered questions at the moment. It's just it's going to be really interesting to see how it, how it pans out and stuff. In terms of the Lundstrom one, then Scott, we spoke about Barisic and Yilmaz. You know, Yilmaz being a new one, but I mean, it's probably going to be Lundstrom or Jack. Jack looked looked the better of the two certainly on Saturday, didn't he? When he came on, yeah, it looked impressive. Yeah, I think, I think ultimately Sefentes will take that position when he's when he's fit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But sorry, I mean Saturday. I mean, yeah, you're not, you're not going to throw it. I mean, even if he comes in now, Sifiente, you're not going to throw him in on a plastic pitch, are you? No, well, you used to play for them in America. Okay, sorry, I just mean, I just mean introduction to Scottish football. You know, come on, no. on the opening no. team, it's like James Sands up at Petodre, remember throwing in and. Yeah, I, I asked Michael Beale after the game on Saturday directly. You know, if Sifiente comes in in the next mm-hmm. couple of days because he's been playing in the MLS, could they be thrown straight in? And he was a bit. His reaction told me that no, he'll no start at Kilmarnock, but he could play a part and he could, he could comfortably be on the bench and, and come on for his for his debut if if he arrives in time and there's visas and stuff like that to sort out. So it might be a bit tight. Ultimately, as I say, he'll he'll be the guy he wants in that position. But yeah, listen, it's a bit of toss a coin, Lundstrom and Jack. I, I still think there's a chance that John Lundstrom might not be there come the end of the transfer window. I mean, the way Michael Beale spoke on Saturday, it was as if he, he expects a good bit of movement still mm-hmm. to happen in and out before this window shuts. It's almost like he's kind of got all the guys in that he wants at the moment and he now can't really do anything more until things start to move and obviously that that is likely to happen you know, to, you know, further on in the window towards mm-hmm. towards the end of it. Um, the defence is definitely an issue, Gav, and I think the manager will know that. I don't think it's strong enough. Um, I think if there was an offer for Ben Davies, for instance, from down south or, or elsewhere, Rangers would look at that. We've spoken about Barisic for a year left. I think they would look at that if there was a potential for him to go. And, of course, Beal has been linked to centre-backs no, in the window already, that kind of left-sided centre-back, Austin Trusty, mm-hmm. uh, Panzo was another one. So I think something will still happen with that. I think in his, in his mind, Bill wants to sign another centre-back, but he maybe can't do it just now until there's a bit of, a bit of movement elsewhere. So he's going, to be, he's going to be patient, and then when things do happen, no, they're going to need to react quickly and get the, get the players in that they want. But defensively, it's a problem for them at the moment, and, he, and he'll know that. He's no daft. A lot of noise, Andy, around uh, fashion for Kala. Um, interest from Saudi Arabia. He obviously didn't travel to Germany, which has kind of heightened that speculation. He's posted on Instagram a picture of him waving, which fans are now reading into. What, what do you think? I mean, I see a lot of people saying, well, he's handy to have around, and you know, he's a good impact player, but when you consider he was signed for, you know, on a Bosman, and, you know, if he can get four million, is that not what Rangers has to be about? Bringing players in and making profit. I mean, if you get four million pounds, there's no point in keeping a player who is just handy. If 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 that's the sort of level of cash, Rangers should be biting their hand off for him. Um, You know, yeah, he's a bit of a conundrum, fashion as a car, because he does get numbers, (laughs) and he does make an impact, but he's so temperamental at times that you know it must drive me you know demented. Um I mean you just think at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to play for Rangers, 
you need to be able to handle the pressure moments. And then the two big pressure moments last year that Fashion Sakala was presented with opportunities that could have really turned Rangers' season around, he failed to take both. So, um, yeah, yeah, handy to have around, but four million pounds is far, you know, too generous an offer for um, somebody who's going to play half a dozen games uh, next season. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, and again, we've got thirty-two players in the first team squad, pretty much. You know, that doesn't include Namdi Offerbore and a couple of the other kids that are sort of come in from time to time. So, we've got thirty-two, you would say, recognised first team players. That needs to come down. They need to start getting bodies off the book and. You know, just one to keep the, the 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 wage bill under control. You know, two. You know, more importantly, from Michael Beale's point of view, is just to have a more manageable squad. You don't want to have guys sort of sitting in the bench, sulking, sitting in the dressing room, or even in the stand. You know, not getting games. Um, you know, we saw when we spoke to Sakala uh, before the the League Cup semi final this season. Anyway, you know, he was hitting it. You know, he wasn't really happy. Uh, not playing under Gio Van Bronckers at the first start of the last season and, you know, didn't really hide his disappointment in that, in that sense. So, you know, I don't think he's going to be the type of guy that if he's not playing as, you know, as much as I you know, he's a, you know, he's a happy, you know, uh, smiling character, but I think he would, I think that could wear off if, if he was going to be finding himself not playing. So, if, if Michael Beals decided, you know, he's not going to have this sort of, level of game time they got the second half last season then and sometimes offering you four million pounds and you take it absolutely no doubt I, I agree with Andy in terms of if that's the money you're getting offered then it's a no-brainer no, as you see it's for a squad player that you brought in for nothing so if, th- if those figures that have been bandied about I mean if that's right then of course Rangers will do that deal and I think Sakala probably will go um, the fact he, he wasn't there on Saturday as you say Gav um, kind of heightened that so but what I would say is, I think he's a loss to the squad in terms of what he gives you, in terms of pace, running in behind, going by players, um, almost that kind of nuisance value. I'm not sure Rangers have got enough of that in the squad. And when you look at all the players that have been brought in, apart from I think Danilo is quite quick. I think Seema's got a bit of pace once he, once he gets going. I don't see a lot of pace or width in that squad. Now, I know Bill is going to play in a certain way, or we think he's going to play in a certain way. I've spoken about this 4 2 2 2, where, it's, where it can be can be quite narrow and you're relying on the fullbacks for width. But, I mean, the one thing Ryan Kent always gave Rangers was that width when you needed it, and also you know, speed and an ability to go past defenders. And, Listen, I, I agree Ryan Kent's time was up and, and he had to go, but I don't really think they've signed MD who can who can replicate that. And I've spoken about how well, there's defensive frailties there. I think middle to front will be okay, but my one worry for them would be that, that there's a bit of lack of pace there. And if Sakala goes, you're taking even more of that out. And I just wonder, even though he signed a lot of forward players, I wonder if Sakala went... Whether, we, whether he would actually get into the market again and try and get somebody of a similar ilk who, who's quick, can go in behind when you need to. No necessarily talking about games at Ibrooks at home, where there's packed defences and there's a lot of space in behind. But when you go away from home to certain places or even in Europe, sometimes you need somebody that can go beyond. And I'm not sure they've really, they've really got that. As I say, I think Michael Beale would argue that Danilo and, and Sima offer that. But I think you need a bit, 
a bit more than that. And that's where I think Sakala would be a would be a loss. Okay, right. Well, just to finish off, Andy Scott, rattle through your, or even just between you, rattle through the team you think will start on Saturday. Obviously, Butland, Tavernier. What, what was Leicester Goldson? Is he is he likely with foot score? Well, Goldson is due to start training again Wednesday, Thursday. Um, no, it would be a lot to ask him to come straight back in, but we have kind of seen it before. With Connor Goldson, that maybe told you last year where. Yeah. So we'll say Goldson if fit. If not Gold, if he's not fit, then no, my, my, my back Goldson, four. Suter. No, my, my back four would be Tavernier, Goldson, Suter, and Yomas with Butland and Go. I think in midfield I would go with Ryan Jack and Raskin. I would have Lammers and Cantwell ahead of them with Danilo and Dessers up front. Okay, agreed. Agreed. So, yeah. And just to finally, finally, is that a team that could, or even if you bring Sufrientes into it uh, for uh, for Jack, or is that a team that could challenge Celtic for the title? Well, I think, I think it'll challenge. Can, can it go and win it? I think the defence will need to be stronger. I think another, at least one more defender has to come in to make them more solid. Um, if that happens, then yeah, I think I think when these new players get up to speed, your Lammers, Dessers, Danilo, Sifuentes, of course they can go and go and challenge and, and win the title. Um, but just as I said before, I think the the worry for me is is at the back. I, I, I'm not sure we're strong enough. Left backs an issue. Left centre backs an issue. That has to be sorted out. Um, it might not be sorted out, but well, it won't be sorted out before Saturday. I've got four weeks till the old firm game and the international break has to be sorted out by then. And that, that's the end of the window as well. But my concern is that Rangers have looked, especially last season, and, and it's continued through pre-season, a bit one-paced at times. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see Saturday if they've got uh, the ability to go up, go up the gears and really put the pressure on command and keep sustained pressure. They've, they've played in fits and spurts at times. They've, they've had Period in the games where they've been able to dominate for 15, 20 minutes without, you know, you think perhaps only the two games away in Edinburgh, Hibs and Hearts away, and you know, possibly the last old firm game at Ibrooks where, where they dominated, but where they went the full 90 minutes. I, th- I think if Rangers are serious about putting on a title challenge next season, they need to start, you know, dominating teams start to finish and taking away the opportunities for team to hurt, teams to hurt them in the break and, you know, sucker punch them and take points off them that way. So that's why I'll be. Very interested to see how it pans out on, on Saturday. Great, right, right, okay. Well, thanks again for your insight. Um, and enjoy rugby part, and we'll reconvene next week to, and then you can give us a proper prediction since you <laughs> since you sort of sidestepped it. Well, I need to see. We need to see them. So, okay. So there's no getting out of it next week. We want a proper prediction. Cheers, guys. Cheers, boys. Bye. Right. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers. I'll be, I'll be off next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good boy. Yeah.